Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. I'm excited to get started today. Today I have a champion in the room. And I know that everyone knows who he is. He is a local celebrity. And you are going to be super excited about this episode. Today, I have the one, the only, Peyton Sellers on the Rogers Radio Podcast. Welcome. Man, we're glad to be here. This is quite the intro here. Yes. Beautiful new office here. Get to spend some time looking around a little bit. And uh, Man, you guys got an awesome place. Thank you for having me. And uh, I need to take you with me to the track so you can give me an intro every week. <laughs> hey, I'll be happy. I'll be your hype man. Don't you worry. I can do that for There's you. Some people have an intro song. I could just use you to... <laughs> Yes, I will do it. And I want to let you know. So we had some, you know, conversations before we got on here today, but I didn't tell you this because I wanted to save it for the podcast. I was researching you last night um, so I could, you know, see your stats. So the cool thing about you is there are tons of stats all over the internet. And so I'm reading up on you and I realized something. Today is your birthday. The big 39. 39 today and happy birthday thank you for spending it with me after you turn 30 you don't really advertise (laughs) that you're having birthdays but no it's a good day for us well happy birthday happy birthday to (laughs) you i'm not going to continue singing because i don't have the voice for that (laughs) but i just appreciate you being here today and i know that every one of our listeners is just going to be super excited to hear what you have to say and I feel honored that you're spending your special day yeah. you know, on this podcast. It's very neat. I've, I've actually kind of, I guess, secretly been a Rogers fan, seeing you guys <laughs> do the things you've done with your buildings here and your your wraps on your vehicles, your marketing side of it. And it's uh, it's interesting. It's very refreshing to see young people growing businesses, taking it to the next level, and trying to succeed in this tough marketplace that we're in. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. And we have always been fans of yours. And um, I just, I'm really excited because you're so known in the in the racing world and you're kind of like a hometown in a household name around here. Uh, and so I'm just excited to get to know you about, learn more about your racing career, but also about what you do outside of racing. So I want to know... You know, tell everyone what your background is and what the path is that you took to get into racing and what you're doing right now. We don't have enough time. But <laughs> the cliff note no, version. No. So I've been very, very fortunate. Um, my family has got a construction company in Danville. We uh-huh. do site grading, land clearing, um, dirt moving. We, we basically do all the prep work. We do everything from the ground down. We don't do any structural building, um, in, in no, no type of that kind of construction. So... We're an excavating company. We um, we move dirt on large scales and small scales. Uh, mm-hmm. We do anything from a Dollar General up to a regional jail that we just got finished in Martinsville. So um, we're currently building a facility that's about 80,000 square foot that's um, a little over 20,000 uh, cubic yards of dirt to move right now. So we do a lot of different things. That never was my path early on. My path early on, my dad introduced us to go-kart racing. Um, my brother HC and myself at an early age we took off racing mm-hmm. we, we went to high school the deal was if you could go go-kart racing you had to keep your grades up you had to do everything you needed to do in school during the week yeah. to go racing on the weekends 
um, that was a passion that, that struck us first. Mm-hmm. I played football, I played soccer, played a lot of things through school, thoroughly enjoyed that. Racing was my passion. Racing is what took off and kind of give us that fire. Yeah. And um, very fortunate we won a national championship in 05. We continued to race and make a living for several years after that. You know, everybody in this area knows something about Peyton Sellers Racing or HD yes. Sellers Racing. And fast forward to a few years ago, my dad had heart surgery about four years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I'd always helped in the family business. I'd always been active. I knew about it. I knew what it took to make it happen. Uh, I knew the ins and outs of it, but I wasn't there day to day focused on growing that or, or being a part of it. I was just a part of it. I wasn't part of the growth. Of right. Um, and, and dad always ran. He micromanaged it very tight. He wouldn't let go of anything. He done an excellent job. My dad is one of the smartest guys when it comes to just being business savvy that I've ever been mm-hmm. around. And, I, and I'm fortunate that, that he gives Absolutely. me the leadership. Well, I was there once just kind of helping in the business. I was focused on my racing on the weekends. And, you know, when I could click off racing and, and construction very easily, like like I, my focus was racing and construction is what I kind of had to do a little bit early in the week. By mm-hmm. the end of the week, I was gone racing. Mm-hmm. And um, dad come up and had a heart catheterization one day. And... He told me the day before, he's like, hey, he's like, got to go get a heart cath tomorrow. I'll be back by lunchtime. Won't be a big deal. Like, <laughs> no big deal. Don't tell your mom about it. And, um, well, they called about 11 o'clock and says, hey, your, your dad's staying here. He's not coming out. He's so I called my brother. I said, hey, you got to tell you got to tell mom that dad's in the hospital. Wow. Like, he hadn't told a soul. Oh, so my goodness. I was the only one that knew it. HC didn't know it at the time. He's like, I'm not doing it. So anyway, long story short, we got through that. He had heart surgery. He went out for about two months to where he didn't come to the shop. And fortunately for me, he had enough work lined up and enough things kind of laid out to where Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go out and bid work and do things like that. So I was able to just kind of get in there and buckle down and get the work done for a couple months. And he realized when he came back that the place hadn't burned to the ground. So uh, he realized that hey, maybe somebody else can do something around here. And I don't say that in a negative way, but I think it was an eye-opening experience for him that, hey, there's more to life than me focused on this business. I need to, if we're going to grow it and take it to the next level, you you do two things. You either shrink or you expand. And he was at the age where he was starting to wind down a little bit. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to keep growing it at 65 years old. Right. Well, long story short, he we, we've been in there working ever since together. He has turned over the reins to me on a lot of different things. I still use his advice every day. He's there every day with me. Um, but now, over the last four years for me, it's about retaining the 40 years of experience that he's got, that has got him to where he's at, and taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And um, just like I've been able to see you guys do here and taking things up and yeah. expanding it and marketing and that sort of thing, um, you know, we've been able to to grow. We've been able to buy some equipment, add some people on. Um grow our brand a little bit. People see our equipment around a lot more now. They they know that we've been there since 1946, but we were just a small grading company. Right. Well, now we do a lot more than just grading. We do a lot of plant maintenance and things like that. And we've expanded a lot on uh, some rigging work and different things like that. Um, and it's one thing has led to another. And now we, we, you know, we work about between 20 and 25 people in the construction side. We work five or six guys in our race shop. And we've got another business started doing converting trucks for Morgan Olson. And uh, that, that business is taking off the ground right now and doing well. Um, and it's really my focus over the last four or five years on our construction company. 
I've been able to redirect that competitive side of me from the racing to mm-hmm. to, to business, to right. applying it every day and what I do. Um, meanwhile, my brother is hyper focused on fast race cars. Yes, he, he builds fast race cars. And on the racing side, I've been able to get my guys going on Friday mornings, take off to the track wherever we're running at. And we've been fortunate enough. We won the national title last year. Yes. We won, in the last three years, we've won over 50 races. And it's been an amazing journey that we've been able to do. I haven't touched a bolt on a race car in a couple of years now. Wow, that's amazing. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, I wish I could. Yeah. The, The drive is still to go out there and work every day. Yeah. And we operate out of one shop. Our race shop is there. Our construction shop is there and our mm-hmm. office space is there. So it is very hard for me to not, you know, be in the shop all day and not in the office taking care of business. So, right. Um, it is a challenge, but it's a good thing, too, because mom and dad work in the front office. HC works in the race shop, and, and I'm in the construction business in and out all day. So um, we've been very fortunate to grow what we're doing, to still focus on racing. Yeah. To grow our family business as right. well because it all goes hand in hand. One doesn't grow without the other. So, um my direction has changed a lot from being a professional race car driver and getting paid to do that to being a professional and racing on the side. You know? Right. So it's, it's, um, it's been a learning curve for me and I still don't have all the balance of life ironed out yet. And I'll be the first one to say that, um, finding family time and finding yeah. time to work out and take care of your, your, your mental health as much as anything. Right. Uh, mental and physical health is, is not always my priorities right now. And as a young professional, I think that's the, the challenging part of life is being able to put all of that in balance and, and find it between your 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 spiritual life and your personal life and your professional life and, and melt, molding them all together. So uh, I've got a lot of work to do, but I'm also very fortunate that we, we've got a good grasp on it right now. And the economy being good over the last four years has helped a lot of us be able to grow and expand and and try new things and, and try different things because I remember firmly in 2008, um, you know, racing cars and seeing my dad with the right. struggles of, of that recession. That's tough, yeah. And he weathered that thing. Mm-hmm. And to see a lot of people that didn't, you know, and, and here we are right now, we're living in the Trump years right now and everything's been so good. And all of a sudden we're all facing this change in inflation and interest rates going right. up. And, and we're in a changing time that, people like me and you have never seen yet. You're so this, right. You know, so it's like, all right, do you want to carry a little bit of debt or do you not want to carry a little bit of debt? Do you mm-hmm. want to try to get everything flush right now or do you want to still grow? Because there's a lot of growth right now. There's a lot of opportunity right now in this world. And we have to realize, is it is it low-hanging fruit? Is it easy to go get? Or is it a carrot out there that we don't need to be chasing? You know, mm-hmm. for me right now, um, in our grading and construction business, we see the economy change quicker than most. Mm-hmm. When people stop building, they don't need grading work. Right. You know, so the grading slows down. But mm-hmm. then when things start ramping back up, the grading work happens first. So we see it before most people. Yeah. And um, we've definitely seen things level off over the last six months. We're not bidding quite as much work. The work that we are bidding is work that has to happen. It's not new work. Mm-hmm. It's not new growth. Mm-hmm. Um, we're based out of Danville, so we've seen Southside Virginia grow over the last four or five years. Yep. You know, with Danville having a casino and several things yes. taking off, there's some industry. The market is good there. I feel like we're in a little bit of a bubble. Um, I was able to see it in 2008 
the Liberty University area right. of Lynchburg never hit that. They were in a bubble because Liberty was growing so fast in 2008. All the contractors from this area was having to go to Lynchburg to do work mm-hmm. because there was plenty of work there and everything else had slowed down. Yeah. South Boston, Danville, Martinsville were dried up. You know, nothing was happening. So uh, I think Danville's going to be a little bit of a bubble for us over the next two or three years as we ride this economy. Nobody knows when it's going to level off. I think it's leveled a little bit right now, but we don't know if that bubble's going to bust six months from now or a month from now. We don't know. You know, we're kind of all riding it right now. Mm-hmm trying to make good decisions for each individual business. And, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things happening right now that we all need to figure out. Is it time to grow? Is it time to hold tight? You know, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. So, um, but I see you guys growing. I see us growing. Definitely. And I see a lot of growth still happening. So I'm not panicked too much about it, but I think we need to be aware of what could happen. And um, you talk to all the older folks in business. And they'll tell you, hey, you better buckle down. You yeah, better, you better tighten that's up what right we hear now. a lot, yep. And um, meanwhile, there's people out looking for jobs. You know, I hear people all the time saying they need help. And that is a struggle we all face. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But I've had more luck in the last three years with finding quality over quantity. Same. We've been able to pick up some quality individuals for, for whatever reason. Yes. Now, the quantity, that's where you're lacking right now. Right. But some businesses have a business model that uses that quantity. But the quality people, we've been able to kind of find one or two here and there and filter some in and out. If I was relying on the quantity people, you know, the factory workers and things like that, they're hard to find right now because there's so much work going on. Yep. But for some reason, we've been able to kind of pick and choose and get a few good guys along the way. And I've been very, very blessed to be able to do that. So, um, that's fantastic. I think, um, you know, you say that, and I have never looked at it that way, and it's so true because, you know, before uh, we had people lined up, and they're filling out applications, and we're just excited that people are coming in our door and wanting a job, and so we're like, yeah, come on, come on, and now that that those numbers have gone down, we're definitely improving our interview process and being very... Um, persistent in the recruiting, but definitely taking our time and making sure we have the right people. And I, I, the quality is just, it stands out to me and you're so right on that. And we've gotten quality employees through this time too. It's great. It, you know, it's a, it's a little bit tempting too, because it's so easy to grow right now, but you got to sustain that. Growth. It's true. You got to have a yep. quality growth. Yeah. And you know, it's like, all right, just because you might have a little bit of cash in your checkbook doesn't mean it's time to grow. Maybe it's time it's to true. kind of sit back and look. Right. Because if you grow too fast and you can't sustain it, that's a big problem too. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it struggles that, that everybody's facing right now. I see it in all talk, all types of business. Yeah. And um, over the last three years, I would hate to be um, in the food industry. The food oh, industry that's so tough. Up and down. Um, COVID hit restaurants that had made their living the whole you know, for the last 50 years, one way of business, they had to change everything. Mm-hmm. For us, we didn't miss one man hour in 2020 with COVID hit. Mm-hmm. We had enough business going on and we were able to, to add some people on in 2020 and COVID never affected us. But you see so many people like hairdressers. Yeah. They were told to lock their door. Well, so hard do? on them. What right. And um, the food industry was the same way. Well, mm-hmm. now all right, you can open your doors back up. All right, you guys can go back to work. But Inflation is going to hit. Food prices are going to go through the roof. Yep. So how do you keep up with that change? So it's so hard. It's, um, 
I've been fortunate. Like sometimes I think that grading and contracting business isn't the sexiest business out there. You know, yeah. It's like, it's like hard, hot work all the time. It's dirty work. You're getting greasy and nasty, but it's steady. You know, mm -hmm. it's steady. It's always a little need for people to grade and clear land and do work and grow. And, um, you know, we don't have quite the struggles that a lot of people mm -hmm. do for that reason. So. Very lucky. And um, the trades are just booming right now. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm excited to see the growth over the years. And I know that you guys are growing in so many different facets of the business. And I want to know, you know, you talk a lot about your family and how your entire family is involved mm -hmm. in the, in the mm -hmm. business. And so can, you know, can you take us through what it's been like to work with your family through this journey so it's not a loaded question for me it's not it's not a tricky question it's not one I want to sidestep around for me and our family it's it's the best thing that I could ever ask for mm -hmm. um, anybody that knows my brother we're totally different people right we're night and day but we get along like best friends we can we can carry conversation on about so many different things and we you know we don't have to talk every single day we do because we work together but like our our relationship is very strong. Yeah. Me and my dad had always kind of butted heads. We were still close, but we we were too much alike. Mm -hmm. His heart surgery four years ago put us on the same page. It put yeah. Him, it put him with an open mind and open heart to want to try to help. He always helped me grow and helped me learn, but he had a tight grip on it. He wouldn't let go of it. Yeah. And uh, he could let me go do a job, but then he'd go check behind me. Or he would, you know, something like that. Now when somebody calls the office and needs some help, he's like, call Peyton. You know, let me transfer you back to him. And uh, so I'm sure that feels great. It does. It does. It gives me a lot of confidence going yes. to work every day. Um, but on the same token, he's there to look over my shoulder to help me with anything that I need help with. Mm -hmm. He's not going to let me get in trouble. He's not going to let me get over my head. And having that kind of knowledge and experience and and help there and kind of a restrictor plate because mm -hmm. I would want to go do stuff and he's like he's that voice of reason in the background saying look here's why this couldn't work or this is why this didn't work or you know something like that now I'm constantly trying to trying to pull and tug on him to let me do something or let yeah. me try this and it's good for both of us because it is yes. like I said he's ready to wind down a little bit and uh he's going harder today than he ever has but I think it's a different kind of hard when he's got his family there with him and knows that everybody's pulling in the same direction. Uh, if I go out and, and buy this, he's not going to give me a hard time about it. If he goes right. out and buys this, I'm not going to say, hey, we couldn't afford that or something like that. So um, we're very much on the same page. My wife gets after me sometimes. She's like, you and your dad work together all day and you still talk every night on the phone. Aww. I'm like, well, usually when we're at work, even though we're together, we're yep. not talking about growing and, and making good decisions. We're we're fighting the fire every day of yes. the, whatever's going on in that moment. When we talk at night, it's usually about stuff that matters. You know, it's usually yes. stuff that can take us to the next level. Um, I get more work done after hours than I do during hours. Definitely. So uh, my mom is there, does all the book work, accounts receivable, payable, things uh -huh. like that. She's got a tight grip on the checkbook. So <laughs> we can go to her at any time and say, hey, this is something we're thinking about. What do you think? And she's going to say no every time. But <laughs> Of uh, course. I'm right. the same way here. Exactly. So, but she's there taking care of that. So we, the, the trust level is there. I know that she's yes. taking care of that stuff. I know that dad's there taking care of that. He knows that I'm there. And the sounding board that I have on a daily basis and, and close friends and family that I'm able to pick up the phone and says, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? That is what it takes to succeed in this world. It's, it's a good sounding board. People that get so headstrong, they keep in one direction and never bounce stuff off of people and doesn't have a group of people to talk to. Mm -hmm. 
it's going to be a tough road because you're going to make a decision. Somebody, you know, rely on your friends, rely on your family because they've been down that same path or a different path that yes. could, could form you in a different direction. So, um, so to answer your question, I'm very fortunate to have my family there. We have mm-hmm. a very unique dynamic that a lot of families don't have. And, it sounds and great. I, I'm very happy to have. My wife is there daily to help yeah. me with whatever I need. She's got her own career that she's focused on that works on. But she works out of our office and, and is hands-on with that. So uh, she's there to help me in anything I need. And um, we have a very, very tight-knit family that we're able to work together and do things. But also I expand that to to other friends and people that I trust and lean on in business too that I can call guys that are in the same type of business or totally different yeah. business that I can pick up the phone and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you know? Or what have you seen changing in this type of you know situation? And um, anytime you grow and expand, you'd better have a good sounding board and some good sound people that you can trust in and, and get advice from. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, every... Every time you hear a family business or, oh, they work with their spouse or they work with their parents and, you know, some people, how could you do that when, you know, I uh, told everyone that I was going to be joining Rogers Heating mm-hmm. and Cooling. Like, I couldn't work with my husband every day. I don't know how you do it. And, you know, it just always, you know, people are just wondering how it gets done. And it just sounds like that you guys have so much trust in each other and have made it work. And I just think it's fantastic. We're big on that here. So... Me and my wife are used to eating dinner at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And, you know, getting out of the house at six thirty in the morning at the same time. So, um, you know, for us it works. A lot yeah. of the dynamics it doesn't work and, mm-hmm. and they still have a great relationship. Yeah. I don't know what makes it work or not, but it just does. It does for us. So and it's worked great for you guys because yeah. you guys are killing it. And um I know so many people know you in the racing world, like I've said, but you know, take us through a day in the life of Peyton Sellers. What do you do for fun? You know, I, we know that you work for the family business, but take us through your daily routine. So I'm the first one to tell you that I need my sleep. Okay. I, I need six hours a night, maybe seven if I'm lucky, but, but I don't go to bed early. Like for me, really? at 11 o'clock, I'm still, my wheels are still in motion. Oh, okay. And Bruce Anderson is a good friend of mine. Yeah. Bruce can shut it down at 8 o'clock. But at 4 o'clock, he's yes. up and running. Yes. And he's up working out at 4. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I just, that's that balance that I was telling you about that I'm still right. working on. Because for me, I, I'm, I'm at the office by 6.30. I'm getting everything going. My guys get there at 7. I get them going. And then by 8 o'clock, I've got a little bit of time to kind of breathe and whether it's doing some paperwork or taking care of time for the day before or, or working on bids. Like mm-hmm. this one I've been working on, quoting some stuff. Yep. And um, then throughout the day I'm going around and check jobs, make sure everything's going in a good direction. Um, you know, whether it be checking on some guys here. And, you know, in our business, our guys are spread out over anywhere from Martinsville to South Boston to Danville. So they could be spread out over 60, 45, 50 miles. Yeah. Um, usually when I send a group out, though, I have a team leader on that group that can kind of look over the job. They'll be in touch with me throughout the day. I don't have to babysit them every day. Mm-hmm. They're, they're able to go out and do work, and we've got a lot of experience on our team that, that has helped with that. But any given time, I could be called into a meeting for our PSI business, which yeah. is our conversion business, that is just kind of getting up and going right now, um, converting trucks over from Morgan Olson, making them right-hand drive. Well, that business is in its development stages right now we're trying to put the right people in place and we've got about uh, we've got about four people that are dedicated to that full-time right now 
couple guys part-time back and forth and we're developing a, a building for that we're, we're putting processes in place we're getting insurance put in place and yeah. different things and just all the details of starting a new business from the ground up uh, this business required a lot of different insurance certifications that we had to have because we're basically a manufacturer now uh-huh. instead of being a, a paint or automotive shop we're manufacturers so a lot of different guidelines there some paperwork that goes with it and getting ASC certified mechanics mm-hmm. to work in there mm-hmm. that know how to do this stuff that I don't have to have my hands on every truck right I can't I have to operate this thing from a distance to a certain extent so once that gets up and running I feel like that's gonna make my day a little bit easier but uh, the construction business the guys come in you know five thirty, six o'clock every day I'm there taking care of stuff. I never leave my office before 7.30. It just it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. As much as I'd love to, I can't get away with it. Right. That. Well, then you try to, all right, maybe I got a little time today. I can go ride my bike for 30 okay. minutes or an hour. Um, Colin Garrett, he'll, yes. come, he'll come up to Danville. We'll ride bikes a couple afternoons, a, a, a month or something like that. I enjoy doing that, but it's hard to find time to do it. Right. Especially this time of year where it's getting dark. Yeah. Early, so, um we stayed very busy. We're, we're during the summer. We're racing on Fridays, Saturdays, and mm-hmm. we ran thirty-eight races this summer. It's so a lot. The last three weeks have been a good for my business. My business has enjoyed me being back. At it. <laughs> right, so right. Things you kind of shuffle around and push off, and I've got people saying, "Hey, you hadn't billed me for that yet. Are you going to send me a bill for that?" <laughs> you know, I did it in July, so stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so it's catch-up time. We have busy days. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of things that I want to do right now with the construction company there's still a lot of things i want to do with our our racing business Mm -hmm. and it's just trying to manage all of it and and at the end of the day when you come in try to manage people it's so much more about you know when you run a business it's more about the people than it is the business if you have the right people the business will they'll take care of the business you're so right you gotta take care of them they'll take care of you i tell people this all the time and when when i have 20 guys show up in the morning ready to go to work I've got 20 different families that I'm dealing with. You know, one guy, his kid was up sick all night. Mm-hmm. So he comes in in a, in a bad mood. One mm-hmm. guy pulled an all-nighter somewhere. <laughs> one guy, you know, him and his wife have been having problems. Uh-huh. You know, there's always something. And you have to remember that when you deal with them. Just because that guy smarts off or, or, or isn't in a good mood or, or doesn't do what you want him to everybody's got problems absolutely in the world we live in today there's more stuff going on that we don't know about yep. than, than ever before um you have to be compassionate to those individuals to work with them and and they'll remember that you know they, they, sure. they will remember that and um we work really hard at trying to take care of our employees whether it be a sick time or whatever we you know i had a gentleman that went out with heart surgery last year he mm-hmm. missed a two months of work yeah never missed a paycheck we kept paying of him. course he was going to be there working for us he was still there working for us he hasn't forgot that you know we work with them and we try to create a family atmosphere as much as possible we've got some um father-son combinations brother combinations that work for yeah. us and it's worked out very well through time because they they, they manage each other you know if one of them's late the next day he's going to be on time you know they're mm-hmm. going to manage each other so that's mm-hmm. been a good dynamic that we have some of them ride together and things like that but working the people is the hardest part of my job every day and understanding that everybody's got their own issues mm-hmm. you know we're not all just like Peyton or just like Liz like we're that it's a good thing we're not right so I've got to understand that and work with their personalities every day to figure out what they got going on 
how can I handle them? What can they do? And how can I make them better at what I need them to do? Yeah. Because when five o'clock hits, what they did yesterday doesn't matter because they're back to their life. They're back mm-hmm. to what, it's, what drives them. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be a, a side-by-side or a hot rod <laughs> or a motorcycle, <laughs> right. whatever, whatever drives right. them at five o'clock, that's what's on their mind. Yep. Seven o'clock the next morning, I got to reel them back into my world because <laughs> I need them that day, you know. So it's a, it's a struggle of working people in a good way. You know, I enjoy that. I think that's um, fantastic and so honest and it's just real and that's what we go through every day and um, you're juggling so much and so in so many different aspects of your life. What characteristics do you have that you think have made you successful in juggling all of that? You know, that's a good question. One thing that has really helped me and I'm, I'm the first to admit it. My racing career has opened a lot of doors for me. For sure. Anywhere I walk into, whether it be, you know, and, and we work around a lot of different buildings, whether it be LK or Morgan Olson or Mohawk or Blue Ridge Fiberboard or Goodyear, mm-hmm. when I walk into the building, somebody knows who Peyton Sellers is. Of course. And I, and I don't mean that in a bragging way, but I've raced in that small knit community my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it all the time, but my picture's in the paper. People talk yes. about it, you know, on the radio and stuff. It's not stuff that I, I, I thrive for. It's not like I'm, I'm asking for it, but... That has opened the door up for me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you walk into a, a plant maintenance manager, he says, "Hey, I see where you're racing this weekend." You know, he, he or are you the guy that races? And, yeah. You know, that has opened a lot of doors for me, and and I'm the first to admit that I'm, I'm fortunate for that. I'm not, you know, bragging about it in any way, but I think one thing that helps me a little bit. Um, I had a series of concussions a few years ago in racing. Mm. I don't talk about it a lot, but I spent about a month in a dark room. Wow. Uh, I've had some issues there. And for me, remembering things is a struggle day wow. in and day out. Yeah. So right now, if you if if my brain was your computer screen over here, I've got about thirty six tabs open at all times. <laughs> yeah. Like there's something going on with, with different directions for me all day long. Yeah. That's what keeps me driving and keeps me pushing. But on the same token, I'm not as good at taking paperwork and writing notes down. As right. I should. So I keep a notepad in my truck. I keep my iPad in my truck, and I'm constantly making notes throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then every day I'm revisiting that same notepad, trying to keep it all together. Right. But I think just being humble, being of able course. to walk. You know, I feel like I can go to lunch with a plant manager, or go to you know go to lunch with my lowest paid employee that's yeah. a laborer. Yeah. And I think I can relate to them. I think I can be humble to them and and not try to brag to them i think my able to relate to people on any level mm-hmm. is what helps me a little bit it also makes me a little bit naive sometimes I, I get taken advantage of from time to time with it but on the same token i think just being humble and having an open mind i'm not the best listener but i'm the best at going to somebody and says hey you know what can i help you with what do you need you know mm-hmm. what, what can we do here you know i, I will listen to them but my mind's on something else too one of those tabs pop up and i'm like i gotta be over here you know so um I try to listen to people. I try to be humble when I go in, and, and my approach is humble. Um, and it's part of just being around my family all the time, and, and them, you know, keeping me knocked down a little bit. My <laughs> wife's not going to let me get up, get up at all. She's going to keep me knocked down pretty regular. So, um, you know, a humble approach and just trying to um, understand people. That, that's what I, I find every day that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm not the guy that's going to go out and try to. Um, snake away this or do this or, or try to tell somebody something that I can't do. Right. You know, the, the worst mistake we can do in business is overcommit. Yeah. You better, um, you know, you better undercommit every time mm-hmm. and, and over exceed. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I think that's the key to it. Just staying humble and, and staying open to whatever people need. Um, I think one thing that we do in our business that I've, I've done a good job at recently, uh, if a if a job comes up that isn't quite what we do, yep. Well, I'll try to find a way to try to help that person do it, whether it be hey, yes. call this guy or help me. I'll go. I'll go get quotes for you and put it together. But then when they need dirt moved, or they exactly. need something in our business move, they call me because they know that I'm kind of that go-to guy. Yes. Um, and I tell them up front, I say, look, you know, if I'm going to facilitate this, help you with it, I'm going to mark it up a little bit or, or try right. to make a few bucks on right. it. Right. But a lot of times I won't. A lot of times I'll just say, hey, you call this guy. He can help you. He's the guy you need for this job. And people like that honesty. People want to know that, hey, this guy's on my side. He might yes. not work for me, but he can help my company grow. Yes. And, um, you know, last week we were working at a plant, LK in Danville. And the guy says, hey, can you fix some lights out in our parking lot? I said, well, no, but I'll be glad to help you with any way I can. Right. So I got them hooked up with the right people that can do it. That is great. And when they, when they have something that I can do, I'll do it, you know, and that sort of thing. So it's just, I think in, in today's world, people need help. And, yes. You know, a lot of companies aren't, they're still running lean from COVID, so they don't have the ability to go out and hire a bunch of people internally to do it. Mm-hmm. So if they can source, if they can have a go-to person, I try to be that go-to person for a lot of these different plants and things like that. If they need a piece of equipment moved or rigged and moved around the plant, I'll do that. If it's something I can, you know, like plumbing work, mm-hmm. I'll get them in touch with a good plumber and let them right. do it. But they know they can call me and get sound advice, and I'm not going to try to just make money on every single thing that we do. Yep. But when they need grading work, I'm their guy. You know, I'm, I'm the They're guy. They're going to keep calling you. Right. So, um, you know, you can't be a yes man all the time. Don't get me wrong. You can't just say yes and, and not commit and not do it. But, um, being available to people and just Absolutely. being honest. Absolutely. I think um, you're so right in that, and I appreciate your honesty with that. And, you know, and, and being humble is what you're doing today. I mean, you're well, sitting down with me and, and taking time with me, and we've had a great conversation. And I just, again, appreciate the time spending with me. Um, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout this journey that you take day to day with you in your day to day life? You know, a lot of a lot of what we've already said. Yeah. There's there's lessons to be learned in everything you do, from every person you talk to. You can you can pull something away from every conversation that you have. And you know, for me right now, um, a lot of work that we do is bonded. You know, once mm-hmm. we once we go bid on a big project, it has to be bonded. And once again, my dad's that guy in the background that pulled it pulled me back and said, "Look, we we probably can't bond this job and this job and all that we've right. got going on." So. Let's stay within our means and just stay yeah. on. Stay, stay aligned. Just stay aligned. And my dad's a guy, he, he wants to stay ready. He wants oh, to not be okay. committed. Right. He said, look, let's not tie ourselves up with this. A good instance was we, um, I had a lot of interest in trying to bid the casino. Yeah. And Caesars come into Danville. Whiting Turner, we were currently working for them at the Hughes Home Project out mm-hmm. on 41 in Danville. And that wasn't a lot of dirt to move, but it was a kind of intricate project. It's going to take about 18 months to do that. We were just finishing up at the regional jail in Martinsville, which is a pretty big project. It was, yes. about, a, it was about a 30-month project for That's us. Big. And uh, it was a 400-bed jail. We, we were wrapping that up. The Hughes home was getting ready to take off. The same company, Whiting Turner, was doing the casino. Mm-hmm. And they came to me and said, look, we want you to bid the, the grading and the site work project, you know, awesome. the package for that. And I was kind of humbled at first. I was like, yeah, that's a big opportunity. You know, we can really grow right here. We can do this. And uh, Shortly after we got the, the bid package and started right. getting into it, 
uh, my dad's like, look, we, we don't need to handle this. And I got to looking at it. It would have taken every single person I had for two years. Wow. Like it would have consumed our business. Right. I, I really think in my heart that we could have done it, but it would have consumed every ounce of energy. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't have taken care of any of our regular customers. We couldn't have taken on any new projects that you could potentially make right. money on. Yep. And... I give him a courtesy quote, and I told the guy, I said, this is a courtesy quote. You tell me what to do. You needed three numbers. We did it. Yep. And that taught me to, like, hey, you know, like, be ready. Be, be available. I love that. Keep some guys on hand so if something come up big, that's where you make That's where you hit home runs. Yep. You don't hit home runs on great big quality work because you could hit a home run, but you could go broke, too. Yeah. And when you're on these big projects, you can go broke six months before you actually go yes. broke. Yes. It, it can be such a snowball effect. And be available. Don't, yeah. Don't overcommit yourself. Don't be running on that ragged edge every single day. Keep good work. Keep, you know, you got to keep work. We have to keep cash flow. In, in yes. business, we have to keep cash flow. Yes. And in today, what we see in our business more than ever, we can't get paid. Like mm-hmm. we know that we know the companies are good for the money, but it's right. just getting getting that money in mm-hmm. is near impossible right now. Mm-hmm. So we're using a lot of our own money to float bills and things that we shouldn't have to. But. And that's the side no one understands. Exactly, exactly. So be available and ready and have the bandwidth to be able to go do a big job if you need mm-hmm. to. But don't overcommit. Keep some availability and readiness so that when, when this guy calls and has this project that come up in an emergency right. and he's got an open checkbook to go do it, you can capitalize on that yep. and make some money on that. Then you stay ready to go race on the weekend or whatever's coming <laughs> right. up. Right. You, you keep yourself to where you can do that. Yep. That casino was going to pull everything I had for mm-hmm. two years and at the end of two years, I was going to be able to hang my hat on the fact that we had helped build the casino, but I, all my customer base was going to be yep. gone. And then and, what? And, and that was something, it was a realization for me that I had to sit back and say, you know what, man, I want this thing. Because we had actually went to the point of putting numbers together and getting hard figures. Right. And then I just, I sat down with dad and I said, look, this is something I would really like to do. We talked about bringing some, some friends of ours in on mm-hmm. it. We've got some good friends of ours uh Sowers Construction over Mount Airy that, mm-hmm. that are the same business that we're in, but much bigger. Right. They have more employees. They have 60 or 70 employees. Yeah. We could have drugged them in to help with the dirt moving side of it. And we talked about that. And it was like, you know, do I do this? I still got to manage it. I still got to take care of it. And we made the decision then to do that. And I've learned more from that over the last you know year that, hey, sometimes you got to walk away from the stuff that looks like low-hanging fruit because it's really not. You know, yep. it, It's a challenge, and I think it was a test to say, hey, how committed are you? And I was more committed than ever to try to do it, but on the same token, um, one of the lessons I've learned over the last four or five years is just because you've got a few guys standing around today, don't panic over cash flow and payroll. Like, you know, our payroll is, is, is huge from week to week, and just because you got some guys here that are not having billable hours for that particular moment, mm-hmm. something's going to come up. You, yep. can't, you can't lay them off because you don't have anything to do today. Right. I'm not saying carry a bunch of overhead that you don't need to. Sure. But have that readiness. Have that ability to go take on a little job in a hurry and do it. Because that's where you're going to make your cash flow and, um, and make money on it. Be ready. I love that. Yeah. Be ready yeah. at all times. So you talked about, you know because of your racing it's opened a lot of doors for you and so there's a side to that where you are a local celebrity 
and you may not want to tell this say that you're not a local celebrity but you are um and everyone knows your name everyone knows who you are and so i want to know of course if you hear the train um we have a train by our office <laughs> um but i um i want to know so when you walk into a room everyone knows who you are you walk into a restaurant you walk into a grocery store everyone knows who you are how does that make you feel and, and how do you navigate that when you're so well known? That's a good question and my wife tells me all the time, she's like, I don't know how you're able to just turn it on and turn it right back Right. On. And I'm, I used to be a kind of a people person. Yes. And now I'm not because I'm, I'm go so hard every day that at the end of the day, I don't want to be out doing events. And in right. my business, I need to be doing more after hours events. I need to be doing more stuff. Like last weekend, um, Jenny, my wife, is, is big into the Cancer Association. Yeah. Now. She's mm -hmm. on the board up there. And they did a big event last week, and I had to go help with it. And I was a part of it, and I enjoyed it. But I don't enjoy just, like, I enjoy my time more. Yeah. You know, my, my quiet time more. Yeah. I know I need to do those things. I know I need to be out. But it is I have to be able to turn it on and turn it off and still be a human being in the backside absolutely be a person, you know absolutely um, I enjoy every aspect of my racing career that has brought me exactly to where I'm at like yes. there's nothing there's nothing that I look back on that wasn't a learning experience to help me mold me into what I'm doing today mm -hmm. I have to be able to take every challenge and everything that came up and every roadblock that I hit mm -hmm. to to understand that hey it got me here to where I'm at mm -hmm. everything that you've been through has got you to where yeah. you're at Definitely. And I see I see people that are, you know, less fortunate or, or doing something different in life and I see people that go to work every day and work a nine to five that are just miserable. Mm -hmm. They can't wait to get home, they right. can't wait to leave work. They're miserable. I'm not that guy. I enjoy what I do. I understand that every road that I've taken and every decision that I have made has led me to right here. Mm-hmm. I've made bad decisions along the way. We all have. I, I've made things that I've looked back on. I was like, I was an idiot for doing that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I shouldn't have. But I try to sit back and analyze, all right, the next decision can be smarter because of that one. Yep. And when I walk into a room and people know who I am, I try to take that and use it to my advantage. Not, sure. in, a, not in a bad way, but also understand that God has put a certain yeah. amount of responsibility in me. And yes. He's, he's entrusted me with a lot mm -hmm. and, um, you know, to a lot given, a lot is expected. Mm -hmm. And I feel that I've been given a lot, so I have to, a lot of it expected. And that's why I try to keep a humble mentality when it comes to talking to people and dealing with people on a daily basis because they recognize me from a racetrack, but that person might be fighting something that I can right. help with in some way. That yep. person could need something, whether it just be a friendly smile or a hello or a big hug when you walk into a room that might be all that they have that day that cheered them up mm -hmm. you know and I try to realize that we all we're all walking different paths we're all in this world together and when I see people out in this community and stuff today that are bickering and fighting right. and doing things I'm like you know what the world we're living in is way too small so true like just just you know a friendly smile I don't have any enemies in my life I don't mm -hmm. look back and say you know what I don't talk to that guy anymore I don't do that You've got to understand that everybody's got their own set of circumstances, and you've got to just understand that and move forward. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't mean that we're going to go out to dinner together, but right. you know, we have to be cordial to everybody. Yeah. The world's way too small, so um, 
to answer your question, when when you walk into the room and you're painting sellers, it's a good feeling because you know yeah. that, you know you. I know that they know who I am because of what I've done on the track, but I want them to understand who I am as a person as well as anything. Yep. And I want them to understand that if they're talking to me about business, I'm going to do whatever I can to point them in a good direction and not take advantage of the situation. We all have to make money. We all have a living to make. We all have to provide for our families. But I'm not there to take advantage of the situation. You yeah. Know? And that's the thing. Um, I spent my whole life going around asking for money. And, and yeah. that was the hardest part I had growing up racing. Yep. I felt like every time I walked into a room, some guy sitting in the corner, man, here comes Peyton. And he's, <laughs> he's wanting sponsorship. He needs some tires for his car, you know, that sort of thing. And um, come full circle now I see these young kids going out and doing it and you know I see young guys coming to our race shop and yeah they're needing tire money they yeah. some help and I try to help where we can and and be an influence on people but um I try to let them know now that we're you know I'm not there to ask for money all the time and I've got sponsors that have come to me and wanted to do stuff and I said you know the, the opportunity wasn't right yeah and I didn't didn't strike on it just because they had a little bit of money in their hand mm-hmm in business is the same way. Yes. Just because you got an opportunity to go do a job because you see the you see the money sitting there. If it's not a good fit for your company and for who you are as a person, if you don't believe in that, and if you, like for me in racing, if I don't believe in that product and I don't want to promote that product, then I don't need to take their money because mm-hmm. it's not right for both of yeah. us. And um, we have to be, you know, equally yoked so to speak and you know, we have to be able to be when when, when I take on something and I push something, I have to be behind it hundred percent. And you know, we've been very fortunate with that. And, um, you know, I feel like the, the racing has propelled me to where people know who I am, but I want people to know who I am as a person too. Oh, yes. So. Yes. And I mean, you just opening up about the business side, you know, so many people have never heard this side before. And, and so I really think that, you know, it's so great to see your identity outside of racing and what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Well, for me, people are brutal. People, yeah. People's instinct, and I tell everybody, when, when, when a person thinks something, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. When they tell their friend, it's another thing. But when they take the time to go write it and type oh, it on social right. media, mm-hmm. that's a different level of person mm-hmm. for me. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that I think less of them, but I mean like I, I keep my guard up around them. Because it's one thing to think it, it's one thing to say it to your friend, you know, because you're going to keep that pretty mm-hmm. close by. But when you type it, it's a Because you actually had to take the word. <laughs> yeah. You had to take the time to type it. Yeah. Then you had to hit send. Then you read it. You proofread it. And then you hit send. You, yeah. You were, you were passionate about what you were typing. Yeah. At that point. That's the people you got to watch. And in the world we're in right now, you know as well as I do, one bad Yelp review oh, or one bad hard. thing on Google... It takes, for every one bad comment, it takes a hundred good it's ones. It's so true. And, you know, the the thing with dealing with the public. So for you, a one, one AC unit. Yeah. A couple thousand dollars. Yeah. You're going to put it in. You're going to move to the next guy. But for that one AC unit, that was that person's vacation money. That yeah. was their That was their savings. You know, yep. that was their, all their savings. Maybe mm-hmm. they took a, took a loan out to, mm-hmm. to pay for that. Right. So... For you, it was just one customer that it's easy to keep blowing by and not think about. But for that, if you put yourself in their shoes, that's all they had. Mm-hmm. And for so many of these fans, they're so passionate about racing. They're so passionate about what they're doing that they don't take the time to realize that you're a human being too. That yep. you have family, that you have a business, that you have a reputation. And uh, you just have to be compassionate with people when it comes to that. because Just because they wrote that stuff 
it doesn't mean that they're not smart enough or they're they're different you know it just it just means that they haven't thought it all the way through yet be fortunate and be glad that you have the ability to sit back and reason that and say you know what I'm not going to take that because that that's a human being out there mm-hmm. and I, in the, in this racing world I mean you know as well as I do <laughs> one comment can just yep yeah, I read them. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I see like Donald Trump, for instance. Yeah. This guy's got the thickest skin on anybody. Oh, for Earth. sure. Whether you like him or not. For sure. brutal to Donald for Trump. For sure. And I'm like, how can this guy proceed to run our country, to make the decisions he makes on a daily basis, and deal with all that? He's got to be a strong individual. And you always see, you can have a hundred great comments, yep. but the one that stands out is that one bad one, and that's what we fixate on. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Try to just let that stuff slide, but on a, it gets you. It still gets you. you know, so how does it feel when you're at the track yep. and you walk out and you have a whole crowd of people and you're hearing nothing but cheers and booze? Yep. How does that feel? So, or do you hear it? Sport doesn't exist without having fans and you know opponents. Yeah. You, you got to have a competitive side. So yeah. Everybody's not going to be your fan. Right. That's what makes it what it is. If everybody was a Peyton Sellers fan, it wouldn't be a very fun race right. to watch. Right. You've got to have underdogs. you got to have the top teams. you got to have everything. Yeah. So as long as they're making noise, they've got their money's worth. Okay. And I know this sounds very simple, and this sounds very elementary, but I have always, when I drive and when I race, yes, I want to win as bad as anybody. I would do anything to try to win a race. I mm-hmm. would... I would um, you know, I've went to certain extents to try to win races right. that I'm not proud of from time to time, but you yeah. leave it all on the line. You know what commitment is made through family, friends, crew members, sponsors. It's, it's a lot on the line, and a lot yep. of people have, have poured their life into my racing career mm-hmm. for me to go out and be able to win races. Mm-hmm. So I see that. But on the same token, I want the fans to feel like when they paid their 10 bucks, they got their money's worth and they can't wait to get back to that gate next weekend. I want them to feel like, hey, you know, Peyton Sellers is not my guy, but man, he put on a show tonight. Yes. He, he drove from the back. He passed those guys and, you know, he might have, he, he didn't win the race or he didn't beat our our guy, but he put on a show tonight. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. I want to feel like you just left it all on the line. For me, Tom Brady is yeah. that guy. Like. I've never been a Tom Brady fan, but I don't pull against a guy. I see you can't. The, I see the commitment yeah. he's made. I see the commitment he's making right now, you know, with his with his personal life. Right. Like this guy has given everything to the sport of football. And he's gained a lot from it. But look what he's lost. He's lost his family. He's 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 lost a lot because he was so focused on that thing. And you have to when he walks off the field the final time, you'd better stand up and clap because he's left it all yep. on the field. Mm-hmm. Racing for me is the same way. I, I know I'm not going to win every race, but I want to leave that track that night knowing that I did whatever I could to put on a, a, a show for those fans. They worked all week. They saved up 50 bucks. Yep. They brought their family in the gate and bought them a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And that's what they chose to do that night. Um, yeah, some of them come to drink some cold beer too, which is <laughs> fine. But but like for me, like I realized the commitment those fans made because the, the commitment they made to get in the gate is the same commitment I made to get in the track too to go mm-hmm. race. It's just on a different level, you know. We've 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 bought tires and done all this to put on a show. They've taken their savings that week to, to go see a good yeah. show. And um, you know, so racing is something to me. Racing brings out the worst in you. Don't get me wrong. You know, everybody says, "Oh, that'll bring out good in people." 
racing brain got the worst in you because it's competitive. It's yeah. adrenaline rush yeah. that, that you can't explain because there's so much on the line. Right. Um, you know, we we race hard every week and we put everything we've got into it. And when you go out there and get wrecked or somebody does you wrong, the first thing you want to do is cause a scene, you know, and mm-hmm. show your emotions. But right. The, the 39-year-old Peyton Sellers <laughs> is way different than the 19-year-old Peyton Sellers. And, um, you know, there was a time when I was ready to jump in there and jerk somebody's head off, you know, for, for wrecking me or doing something. Yeah. And here I am now. I don't go to track to make a lot of friends. Like, I'm not rude to anybody, but, like, the friends I have come with me in the track. And, mm-hmm. You know, they're all friends, but, like, I'm there to win that race and to put everything I've got into that car and that night. And we'll be friends Sunday. Yeah. We'll get them go do something on Sunday. Right. Friends. But when I'm there Saturday, if I win the race or if I get flipped out of the track and, and end up on my head, like, I'm going to give it all I can. I'm going to go back to my pits. I'm going to load my car and go home. Mm-hmm. I don't need a lot more drama in my life. I put it all <laughs> on the line right there and I, I pack it in and go home, you know. So... But that there again, thirty-nine-year-old Peyton versus eighteen-year-old yeah. Peyton. So, um, well, you have a lot to celebrate recently because you just won a big race, <laughs> Martinsville. Yep. So, how amazing! Do you have the clock yet? So I got the clock that night. We'll okay. Right in our shop, the checks and everything's right there. Um, that was a huge event for us, for me and my family, because Dad's boss, yes. HC Crew Chiefs, uh, Mom and Jenny are there. Um, so many friends, family were there. That is a yes. big event for everybody. Yes, about forty thousand people at that track that night. Amazing. Uh, and how many times have you? How many times have you tried? You know, my first time there was like two thousand and two, and I missed some years when I was off doing other racing right. and, and doing stuff. But I think that was about the fifteenth time. Wow. And it was, you know, one of those events that just everything went perfect that whole day, like the heat race everything it just the holes opened up i got to this spot on the track when i needed to this guy slipped a little bit and was able to get me here like it's like there was a a hedge of protection around that car where i was just able to put in the right spot at the right time hc made the perfect changes on the car Mm -hmm. the guys did the right this the right Mm -hmm. that everything just went perfect uh in the heat race timothy peters and stacy perrier were lined up inside of me stacy got on the curb or something got up the track hit us in the door Mm -hmm. Timothy tore his nose up. I was able to keep going. Like, we were just right place at the right time, and it all clicked. Well, our second half of the year went that way. We won 13 out of the last 16 races. Awesome. And it just went, things were just clicking and rolling right along. It finished up at Martinsville kind of the right way. And it yeah. just, for me, it was like that storybook ending. And the next week, I'm back to reality, back to working again. <laughs> yeah. but, but for that night, it was such a surreal feeling to know that that's what it takes to win those big races just things have to go in your your direction yeah. things have to go right clarence's steakhouse yep. has been a long time sponsor yep. of mine it was their home track uh you know damon toyota's been there with us a long time it was you know it's kind of a home track for everybody there so um seeing it all come full circle to win that race was something that i just dreamed about for a long time and um I'll never forget that night, that's for sure. You know, that was a, definitely one that it's etched into my memory for a long time. Sweet, sweet victory. And I tried to just enjoy it. I mean, we got yeah. back to the shop that night and just sat around and talked about it. And oh, I love t- that. Till early in the morning, and it was just a good time, you know. I love that. 
Well, congratulations on that. That's a huge deal. And I want to know, I mean, you've talked about the business. You're in the off season now with racing. Mm -hmm. What is next for you? What are your current goals and what's next? Well, what's next for me right now is we are expecting our first child. Congratulations. December the 29th. Exciting. Now I'm trying to to get the competitive side out of me and realize that, all right, this child's coming whether I'm ready or not. It's so true. I've got to get... My honeydew list. Buckle up. That's right. So uh, I am thoroughly looking forward to that. That's going to be a challenge in my life in a good way. It's going to be a new chapter in my life. Um, I think I'm ready for it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm finally at the age now to where it's like, all right, I'm going to enjoy this and, and take it for what it is. And, um, you know, I still plan on racing. I still plan on running our business. Um, but I've also got to, it's back to that balance again. Yep. So before my, my working out, you know, my my eating right, my, my mental health, my everything, now we've got to throw this in there too. Yep. So it's just, uh, it's a balancing act that uh, I'll find out about, you know, in a couple months from now. So it's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, business-wise, racing-wise, I don't see a lot changing right now. Yep. I think we're, we, we've got to be hyper-focused on what's coming down the pipe as far as the economy. Mm-hmm. The inflation has got to get back in check. We're looking at interest rates going up again before the end of the year, potentially again after the first of the year. Yep. Um, you know, inflation has just kind of sucked everybody's life out right now because we're so tired of going to a restaurant and paying, you know, $10 last year and we're paying $15 right. this year to eat lunch, you know, and it's right. just something that we we as business people have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you can't stop what you're doing. You can't go into, you know, we can't go into defense yet. We still got to be on offense. We got to still try to push the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. But you'd better be aware that, hey, you know, this is something we all got to look into. We got to keep our eye on it. But it can't pull us aside either. It can't pull us down. Um, you know, you guys are wanting to grow. We're wanting to grow. Yep. Everybody in business, you're either wanting to grow or, or, at least maintain. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think you still got to have a little bit of growth. You still got to be positive, but do it in a good direction. Yep. Um, for me, we don't invest a lot in the market. No reason for it. Because, right. But but I'll be honest with you. I think it's because I'm simple minded. Yeah. I'm, I'm wired to look at real estate as being what we do personally. Yep. But they, um, you know, investing back in our business with new equipment and thing, new technologies. Um, you know, we, we're pretty heavily invested in GPS equipment right now with the construction side. Yeah. And that's helping my labor force. My, my equipment operators now are getting younger and younger because of this GPS equipment and because we're able to, um, it, it's just, it's making, it's streamlining a lot of things that we do. And um, we're going to trade shows, we're doing things, trying to learn and try to see what's new for our business because we, the, the labor force isn't as deep as it once right. was for, right. for that. Um, you know, we're investing in equipment that does more versatile work or different things and um so we can't can't quit but also you got to be focused on what's coming down the road too so family first get through christmas get through the the baby season yes enjoy the off season and just keep running our business right now keep doing what we're trying to do i think that's great this is the one question I end every podcast with. Okay. Um, we, this is a question we ask in every single interview when we're bringing on um, new team members. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite question. If you could have dinner with one living person outside of your family, who would it be? Mm-hmm. It could be anyone. That is a good Whether question. Whether you know them or not. Yep. That is a good question. You know, and 
I've told everybody a lot. I'm like, you know, Donald Trump is not the guy that I want to have dinner with, but he's right. the guy I won't run in my business. Oh, I and like I, that. I tell people that a lot, and it's a lot of truth that, you know, Donald's kind of a unique guy, but he's a businessman. He's, he's, he's a genius. Focused. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if it would be, you know, a guy like Donald Trump who's a, a business mogul. Yeah. Or, or a guy like Billy Graham who's spiritually as sound as anybody. <laughs> right. And so I think it's got to be a balance from there. And um, I don't have that perfect person right now. But yeah. I, I might call you back with it when I think Yes. That. So, um, you know, there's such a fine line between trying to grow our business and getting hyper-focused on that. And then our spiritual life of, yes. you know, all that stuff doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we got to be spiritually sound. We have to be confident in what we're doing. Exactly. God's got a plan for all of us. Definitely. He knows what He knows what Roger's heating air future is. Yep. He knows what Sellers Brothers' future is. Yep. And, you know, you've got to be able to sit back and, and, and soak all that in and listen to him. And and for me, it is, it's a balance between my my spiritual time with God and mm-hmm. running a business and not getting those too far off base. They have to be right. working together. So, yeah. um, you know, I think I'd probably go back in time and, and, and have dinner with somebody from our past that isn't living in today's yeah. culture mm-hmm. because we're, we're so hung up in today's culture and this and that and, you know, being politically correct that mm-hmm. we've gotten away from a lot of our core values and a lot of our beliefs that, mm-hmm. that got us to where we are as being the greatest nation on earth and we're, we're quickly getting away from that somehow some way so if I can run my business in a more godlike manner to to be an influence on people and try to keep those core values up I think that's probably more important than anything we do right now I love that answer and I just want to congratulate you on so much number one happy birthday yep. <laughs> number Thank two you. congratulations on becoming a father yep. And number three, congratulations on Martinsville. And number four, just being the business person that you are and growing a business in the, this area because it's not easy. And, and there's a lot of growth to be left for me. For me personally, being smarter, being more wise when it comes to tax advantages and this and that and shuffling shuffling funds from here to there and when to buy equipment and when not to. Mm-hmm. The, the, the personal side of me, I like to buy equipment. I like to, yeah. I like to buy trucks. I like to buy things like that. But is that smart for our business? Right. Is that how we grow our business to the next level? Um, I'm not 100% to the point where I'm trying to grow my business to be able to sell mm-hmm. or, or develop a, a structure where I'm ready to just sell it off. Right. I'm trying to build it to make me smarter right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow it within to have something for, for my family for generations. But um, there's, there's a time when you have to switch off and say, all right, how do you grow the brand or yes. how do you grow this to be able to sell it off or hand mm-hmm. it off to somebody? And for me right now, I'm still enjoying learning the business, soaking in years of experience from my dad and some of the guys that work for us. Right. And it's just taking that to the next level. So there's a lot of growth left to do within Peyton Sellers, but I do appreciate that. I'm, I'm trying hard. There's always things that I can do better. And I, I think as long as I'm you know, racing changes every day, it seems like one day you're on top of the world, one day you're behind. Business is no different. You gotta, yes. you, you've got to work on your business like you work on anything else in life. You've got to keep staying after it, being fresh. And, um, you know, in today's world, you know, 50 years ago, they were trying to build better equipment. They were trying to build better units. Today, they're building better technology to yep. make us smarter. And we've got to embrace that technology somehow. Yeah. 
Well, I just appreciate you sharing all of this knowledge with us, and it's really going to help everyone. Um, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are growing a business, and and the knowledge that you've shared with us today is so helpful. And I just appreciate you so much for spending time with us today. I. Uh, thank everyone for listening to the Rogers Radio podcast and for spending time with us and continue sending in your reviews and your comments. And I love hearing from you. I hear from a lot of our listeners on a daily basis and how much you guys are enjoying it. So continue sending us that, that information so we can continue doing what we're doing. Thank you again. And we will talk to you next Wednesday.